the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black, and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Uh, October 23rd, so what do we got? Two months till Christmas. From what we've been seeing in economic data, it's not going to be like the biggest Christmas, and that's something that I'm fine with. Hopefully, you weren't expecting something from me. Uh... I Christmas is one of those holidays that I just absolutely hate because, and I know you're saying, why are you saying that? For me, when my dad died 20 plus years ago, I, I kind of learned what Christmas was all about. It, it For me, it was really about families getting together. I didn't know it at the time, but as time passes on, yeah, you kind of see that. Anyhow, and anyway... Um, Overspending, I see, is kind of a bit of a problem that a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, succumb to. I would much, much, much rather you and I grab a beer, a scotch, a dinner, than for you to get me a tie. So snap back or just snap? That's the thought of what's going to happen on Wall Street today, tomorrow. Um, You get the basic idea here. We've been volatile recently. U.S. factory growth slips in October. NASDAQ's up 50. uh, NASDAQ's up. Dow's up. uh, SP 500's up. All very attractive move up. General Motors and Caterpillar earnings drive stocks higher. Biggest day of 2014, basically, doing well. There's a collective mojo going on. So, American Airlines, Alaska Air, United Continental, uh, all report today. Under Armour's quarterly report, topped expectations. Amazon reports after the bell today. 
this is the biggest day of the year for earnings. Not the uh, biggest day of earnings season. Union Pacific will tell us all about like how shipping's going across the United States. Shipping equals commerce. Commerce equals economy. IMAX, we know it's been a terrible summer for movies. Um, and this Halloween following on a following following on a Friday is not good news for Hollywood as most Americans go to movies on Friday. And this is a night where we will go, hmm, Halloween party, Halloween party, movie, Halloween party, movie. You get the idea. Uh, Callaway Golf reports. Golf is dying in the United States. It's one of those things that it's an older person's game. And older people are dying. I know you're saying, is there a serial killer out there? Well, let's just say Captain Crunch was found in a very suspicious fashion this morning. If you know what I mean. Um, selling efforts in some individual stocks here and there happened for sure. Uh, Canadian news yesterday about a gunman uh, senseless shooting in near Canada's Parliament building in Ottawa, resulted in the death of a soldier standing guard at a war memorial. Uh, that gunman also died. The gunman's been identified and basically heard voices of the devil in his head. It's great. Like, our society needs that. One thing our society does not need is, uh, just, you know, craziness. So, Craziness and with the ability to buy a gun. Uh, he was considered high risk. I'd seen his passport confiscated to stop him from traveling abroad to join the Islamic State terrorists in Iraq or Syria. Uh, very, very unfortunate that that mental issue took down another person's innocent life. But it happens. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, or you can talk about um, money investing and much, 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 much more. So markets a couple days ago, a couple weeks ago, we're, we were correcting. And I find myself when I go on television, I do a little television hit every day. For Channel Four Cron, I find myself almost being apologetic when the market goes down. Like, yeah, we're not always at 52-week highs, but we are seven out of ten years. And any big dip, that's your opportunity. Sometimes, um, I think the market works a little bit higher through the end of the year. Not much, but a little bit. Um, so I think we close at record highs. I don't know because I don't know what the last two or three weeks mentally are going to be like. I think we still have another market high left in us for the year. And I think we continue to trend higher for one more year. And then we're going to have to, you know, reevaluate. Where's the 10-year treasury bond? Where's inflation? Where are earnings? Where's revenue growth? Is job growth still good? You can't blindly say, like, hey, everything's always great. You can't do that. That'd be foolish and ignorant. Uh, but there's a lot of speculation out there right now. And you can see it with the way some stocks get hit. For instance, Yelp. They reported numbers that were pretty good, but they said, you know, 
it's looking a little lighter going forward. Stock's down 16%. That tells you there's some speculation in it. It's not telling you that like all stocks go completely higher. It's telling you that there's some froth. $4 billion market cap. I'm interested in Yelp because I watch younger people with Yelp. I'm 40 plus, And I'm like, hey, let's go on open table and get a table for dinner. And I see younger people going like, hey, let's pull up Yelp and find a restaurant that's close to us. I'm a little bit of a food snob, so I kind of uh, want the high restaurant, whereas Yelp shows you everything. You know, there may literally be a restaurant called Greasy Spoon that they can't afford open tables, computer system, and the relationship. Like, you'll notice a lot of Chinese restaurants don't use open table because there's just not a lot of margins in Chinese food. So to, you know, spend that dollar per person that's coming to your restaurant, they don't want to give that up. Um, so, yep, pretty rough quarter. But now, again, here's the thing. Take a look at the last year on the stock. And do you want the year or do you want the day? Um, I think that's important to note. Take a look at the last two years. Take a look at the last three years. Take a look at the last five years. Um, that's really what you kind of need to start asking yourself. And Yelp hasn't been around for five years. I know that. Um, but that's really what you're kind of looking for. Um, kind of a bigger picture issue. Now, of course, if you bought Yelp at its 52-week high of $97, you're pretty upset when you see it today at $59. But again, it's some of the froth is coming out of the market. Market doesn't have to correct if individual stocks or individual sectors do. You get the idea. We'll take a break here. Right back. It's Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. Big event coming up this weekend. Come meet me. I'd love to see you. It's going to be at the club in Redwood Shores. It's the health club that I work out at. There's more information at robblack.com. We're going to play a little bocce ball and much, much more. Big switch to new credit cards next year. I was recently shopping for another credit card. There's a new one out that I like very much, so that gives you 2% cash back on every transaction. And it's not tied towards American Express. I have an Amex FIA card. Um, it's a Fidelity Investment Advisors card. You can get it. Um, it's tied towards American Express, so it's not used everywhere, but you get 2% back and it automatically funds into a cash account, Roth IRA, whatever, um, every 50 bucks. So, you know, $100 gets you 2 bucks, $1,000 in spending gets you 20 bucks. Uh, you kind of can get the idea that you can kind of fund your retirement just by using your credit card and paying it off every month. 
Um, I very much so uh, like the 2% cashbacks versus flying to be kind of tricky. Flying cards are sometimes okay. Um, Barclays is a very nice one. Um, the Sapphire card by Chase is also a very nice one. But um, one of the things they're selling right now is like, one of their selling points is, hey, there's an ch- embedded chip in it. And you do a little bit of research, and I haven't been out to Europe in forever. And I'm like, yeah, you can't use swipe cards in Europe. It's all embedded chips. It's like, oh. And that's coming to the United States in 2015. Let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP, Chad Burton from New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. I think you got this email, so I don't know the name on it, but it says, I have zero debt. I own a $300,000 condo outright. I want to exactly brag about that. I have $210,000 in an IRS, $70,000 liquid, $8,000 to invest per month, $8,000 to invest per month. Goal is to guarantee income, $4,000 per month for life so that I can retire as soon as possible between the age of 40 and 50. I'm currently 34 years old, but do you recommend for me how much are fees? Well, first of all, the condo is probably in Stockton, so that's a great, great, great condo in Stockton. Be nice. Um, all right. Be, could be a free month. This, this email was interesting because a lot going on. Well, there's a lot going on, and part of it is just the understanding of the, the time value of money, which is really important in terms of understanding how much you need to save for retirement. And the first concept that people need to get is inflation, because inflation is really for the average retirement. That's kind of the boogeyman. You know, how, how much were my costs? Once I have a limited resource, which, resource, which is my nest egg, how long is this money going to last? And inflation plays a big part in that. A 1% move in inflation means you have to draw more out of your portfolio. And you have to sit and do the math, but trust me, if a 1% move up in inflation is more hurtful to a portfolio than a 1% move down in long-term growth rates because one is a draw and one is a growth. So you have to do the math to figure it out. But look, this guy's saying I want, he's he's making like $8,000 a month to invest now. And he's saying he only wants $4,000 a month to live in retirement. $8,000 a month is what, $96,000 a year, right? That's what he has left over to invest, yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. Right. Yeah, it's a sizable chunk. He wants 4k a month in income, i.e. about $50,000 a year in income. At age 50 retiring at age 40 to 50, right. $40,000 a year in income. Well, the first You're not exactly a swinger. It. No. And and okay, so the value of money is cut in half every 18 years with inflation at yeah. normal rates. So the first math you have to do is say, okay, to get 4,000 a month in today's dollars, at age 50, he'll need $8,000 a month to maintain whatever that 4000 he thinks is going to buy him. Gotcha. Okay? So then he has to realize that whatever vehicles he's saved in are typically pre-tax or there's embedded gains, and he has to pay Uncle Sam when he draws out. So then you have to say, okay, I actually need $11,000 a month to sell it out of my portfolio, pay taxes to net that eight grand. Yeah. Right? The next step, you say, okay, that $11,000 a month, that means you need about 137000 a year to live. Okay, and so it, and the math is actually eleven thousand four hundred twenty-nine equates to one hundred thirty-seven thousand one hundred forty-three a year to live. Now at age fifty, if you want your money to last till age one hundred, and you want to be able to make sure that you have the ability to draw a little bit more out each year for inflation, at age fifty, a fifty-year-old could only safely draw about three and a half percent a year out of the portfolio. They have to leave, and this is assuming about a six percent growth rate. They, have, they can only draw 3.5% out a year to live because they have to leave the other 2.5% or more that they get in growth in there for future, future inflation costs because you can draw out a certain amount each year, and then it's going to increase every single year with inflation. 
So that person, to maintain that $137,143 a year that we just calculated, would need $3.9 million to be able to retire at age 50. And that said, you, you know, think about that. And also, 33, he's putting away 100000 a year. He ain't going to hit the number. He Well, he might, but the problem is, does he want to? Does he want no. that much of a drastic change if he's a doctor making enough to save $8,000 a month? No. Does he really want that step down in the standard of living? Does he really realize the cost of And he's a higher earner money? right now. I question, like, put. I don't want to take my foot off the gas too soon. Right. Because when I do, I'm not going back to work. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you want that flexibility to be... To, if you want to work, you can. If once you I leave the high-profile career of AM radio... <laughs> Getting back into it is not going to be the easiest thing in the world because that job will have been replaced. Yeah. Your voice will sound old. It'll be yeah. terrible. <laughs> Trust me, there's plenty of old people in this station. <laughs> I will be young for another 30 years, comparatively. Um, with that said, also, like, what if he's, like, 45 and has a heart attack? And, like, healthcare is going to be super expensive for him until the retirement years. Nice thing about working is company covers your health care sometimes. Well, you really got to think about what you're going to do in retirement. A lot of people think they want to retire at 50, and then they, what are you going to do every day? What's going to make you happy? And sometimes that's still working in some way, shape, or form, or volunteering, or whatever it may be. The other thing is, is he talks about guarantees 4000 a month in income. The only thing you can get in terms of guaranteed income is buying life annuities from insurance companies. You don't want to do that at all-time interest rate lows. You do not want to do that. So doctors get sold a lot of product. They have to be really careful, make sure they're working with a fee-based fiduciary, you know, CFP. CFP, Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. I love the stock market. Nokia gives a very bullish outlook as it swings back to profit. Finished telecom maker benefiting from sales to North America, China, and tax gain. Uh, Nokia's quarterly earnings gave ample evidence that the company's main network unit has moved well beyond several years of painful restructuring. The Finnish former handset giant gave a more bullish outlook for their uh, profit. Again, they've spun off their their handsets, so they're more of a mobile network unit now. Um, Nokia is now a mobile networks firm that competes with uh, companies like Ericsson Huawei. It also has a Berlin digital mapping operation and a large pile of patents. Um, They had overcapacity for years um, after merging with Siemens mobile network unit. Long story short, you know, they're kind of back. That's a cute uh, Unilever. They say it's going to be a tough outlook out there, and they're kind of a big food play. 3M posted higher profit. Airlines are posting strong profits. Like I said, I tell you, I love earnings season. Think of it coming up this Saturday. It's a meet and greet from 3 to 5 on Saturday. Right off the Holly exit in Redwood Shores. You can learn more about the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
I'm Rob Black. It's that time again to speak with technology writer for the street.com, Chris Siaccia. Chris, technology writer, technology editor, what exactly are you at the street? I'm tech editor, Rob. Perfect, thank you. Um, Apple, uh, stock that I own, hitting an all-time high today. It's been a pretty good week for them as far as earnings and headlines go. What do you got for us? Yeah, it's been a really gangbusters week for Apple. They're firing on all cylinders right now. The iPhone was exceptionally strong in uh, in their fiscal fourth quarter. There's a lot of excitement right now about Apple Pay. That seems to be going pretty well. They talked about that a little bit on the call. And the stock is, you know, at 103, like you said, sudden all-time high. So it seems like it's, you know, you know, skies are clear into into the end of the year. Um, you know, barring on any unforeseen macro events or anything, you know, that happens, um, you know, with, with the business, you know, it seems like things are still clear for now. So, obviously, the quarter for Apple, let's stick with that for just a second, was gangbusters. It was blowout. Um, it's stunning to look at how many billions of dollars they earn on a monthly basis, on a quarterly basis, on an annual basis, $150 billion plus cash. But it all is boiling down to that, that iPhone. It is lives and dies by that sword, so to speak. Would you say so? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, more than half of the revenue comes from the iPhone. I think $23 billion or so this quarter came from the iPhone. But what's also surprising this quarter is how just how strong the Mac is. PC sales are flat to declining depending upon which market you're in. And Apple's uh, Mac sales were up 21% year over year. So Apple is the only PC maker where anybody is actually buying them and, and is showing any kind of growth. And that's due in part to some of the refreshes you saw earlier this year, as well as the price cut that happened earlier this year. Mac's always been a great computer, but it's always been a little bit too expensive for a lot of uh, the population, and they dropped the price on the MacBook Air by $100. So that, that opens it up to a whole slew of new people, and you're seeing their effect in the numbers. Speaking of which, um, obviously, penetration of Macs, it's, I saw last quarter they hit number five worldwide as far as computer maker goes. A lot of people don't know that. They still have a lot of upside potentially in selling computers. Is that potentially a leg up for them, or is that potentially another you know, multi-billion dollar franchise down the road? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, have, they said that you know, they have their highest market share in PC sales since 1995, so it's almost 20 years ago where Apple was, you know, really relevant when it came to PC sales. And as they continue to tweak, um, you know, their cost structure on the Mac and, and get it down a little further to open it up to a little bit more um, wider of a population while maintaining, you know, their premium effect on the Mac and their premium, their premium price, you know, it's a, it's a huge business. I mean, people still need to own notebooks and, and desktops because you can't do everything on the tablet, even though Apple and other tablet makers would like you to. Um, so there's a whole slew of um, people that want to upgrade their computers, whether it's because of age or just because, you know, they become a little bit more accustomed to seeing and using Apple products. It just becomes a, a huge opportunity for Apple, especially in China where they had an exceptionally strong growth this quarter. Let's talk a little bit about China. Um, I see that th- there's headlines this morning that Apple's going to open up more stores in China. That's 
obviously, I think, a no-brainer with the billions of people there. Is Apple ultimately going to succeed in China, or is China, you know, they've got some rip-off, knock-off phones? Uh, what do you think the opportunities are in China? China is a humongous market for Apple, and I, I project that, you know, within the next couple of, you know, two or three years down the line, it, it probably surpasses. Um, North America is Apple's biggest market, and that's for quite a few different reasons. Apple's been very strategic in how they enter China. They've been very careful not to aggravate the Chinese government, which, as we all know, you need to work with and you need to play by their rules if you want to succeed in the country. And let's face it, Chinese consumers love their iPhones. And the iPhone 5S was extremely successful uh, in China last year, and with the uh, invention of the iPhone 6 and the iPhone 6 Plus, you know, Chinese consumers have been really gravitating towards those phones, especially the 6 Plus because of the larger size. So they've been very cautious about how they enter China because they know it's a, an enormous opportunity for them and they're going to do everything in their power to get it right, and I don't see them faltering on that. I saw this morning, Chris, I'm speaking with Chris Siaccia from thestreet.com, an uh, Apple Pay glitch where Bank of America is refunding some Apple payments that were doubly charged. It's not a perfect rollout, but from everything I'm hearing, it's a pretty darn good system, this Apple Pay, uh, for safety as well as for convenience. Yeah, and I, I see the same things, Rob. And, you know, it's unfortunate that people overcharge or doubly charge, but you're always going to have those kinds of glitches, especially in the beginning as new technology comes out. I'm sure, you know, I don't think it's going to affect you know, many more customers, and, and Bank of America said it only affected around 10,000 or so. And when you consider that Apple has hundreds of millions of iPhones out in, out in the wild, I mean, that's a really small number. So I don't think it's, you know, it's really ever going to be a material problem for Apple unless it continues to happen. And considering how conscientious Apple is about making all of its products and services and software you know, meticulous and you know, getting things right as soon as they see a problem. I really can't see this for seeing being a big problem for Apple or its partners. We've got a couple more minutes left. Anything else that you want to hit on with Apple as far as what you're working on at the current time? Yeah, I think the big thing for Apple going into 2015 is, you know, how we see the watch being received. They're a little cagey on the earnings call. They said that they would not disclose initial sales of the watch by itself, that they're going to put it into another category, which will include things like Beats headphones and iPod sales and a couple of other um, products. So we won't get a true sense of how successful the watch is, probably outside of, you know, initial weekend sales or something like that. But, you know, they've been really pushing the watch, you know, both in technology and in fashion as well. It, it was on the cover of Vogue. Um, Johnny Ive was doing some interviews with some big fashion publications. So they're really trying to hit home that this watch is more than just, you know, your average your device for, you know, your first adopter or your tech geek, that it's really something that you're going to want to own and, and is applicable in all um, aspects of life. So it would be really interesting to see how well the watch is received in 2015 and then further out. Thanks very much. It's Chris Siaccia. Tech editor at thestreet.com, does a lot of tech contributions, talking a little bit about Apple and what they reported this week, how well they're doing with Apple Pay, 
we still don't really have a very good clue or insight into how Apple's going to monetize Apple Pay. Some people think it's going to be a percentage of the transaction. Some people think it's going to be with the relationship with the banks on the back end. Um, we'll learn more as the quarters and years unfold. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, let's see. I, there's a story out today on George Soros, and he's just this fantastic multi-billionaire investor, great guy. Um, when it comes to investing, like nuggets that you want to hear. He's warning Europe and their democracies over the threat that a resurgent Russia poses to the continent. He wrote an essay, I suppose it is, for the New York Review of Books. Uh, he calls for more economic and military support for Ukraine, as well as the abandonment of the Eurozone's current austerity programs. He thinks Europe is facing a challenge from Russia to its very existence. Europe's very existence is challenged. And he's really kind of out there, like, highlighting this pretty hardcore. He says the bureaucracy of the EU is no longer has a monopoly of power, and it has little to be proud of. It should learn to be more united, flexible, and efficient. It's high time for the members of the European Union to wake up and behave as countries indirectly at war. Um, he was living in Hungary in 1944 when Germany invaded. And I, I think it's interesting how he has this angle of this concept just to get mad um, at what he's seen. So he goes to Capitol Hill and he'll talk to you know politicians about it. And... Uh, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that in the world of investing that it's so indirect to us because we don't feel like we need Europe to rock and roll, but you certainly need the world to put the whole puzzle together. And missing Europe is a big part of that puzzle. And as an investor, you're going to learn more and more that you know growth in the United States is more subdued, so we are going to need growth to get a complete balanced portfolio um, from outside this country. Um, and I hate saying that. Like, I don't want people to freak out and go, oh, Rob just said the U.S. isn't going to be good anymore. No, I didn't. I, I said it's not going to be as great. And you'll still want to put you know, a large portion of your money in the U.S. markets, but you're going to have to learn how to you know, play in foreign markets too, whether it's through ETFs or through indexes sometimes individual stocks but uh i like that source is getting mad because like it, it, it's important that we do uh we want to unite this whole european union issue i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing and more you can find me online at robblack.com that's robblack.com
Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Of course, I'd love to come. I'd love for you to meet me. I've got two more events this year. Only one this Saturday of the last two. To be at the Bay Club, which is a fitness club. It's got like bocce ball and it's got kind of a nice lounge. Um, trying to do something a little more, you know, friendly per se. Going to be doing some craft beers, uh, tastings. You can bring your financial questions. You can bring your portfolio. You can come on out. The big event's going to be happening this Saturday from 3 to 5, uh, right before the game. So you can come at 3, come at 3.30, come at 4, 4.15, 4, like, but you have to sign up is the thing because you can't get in if you don't. And you got to sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com for more information. Markets are pretty much having a good day. Of which, one of the companies that I own, Apple, is pretty much so having a good day, and it's helped carrying the Nasdaq and the S&P 500. Why Apple wasn't added to the Dow Jones Industrial Average when they did their split? I don't know. Why Microsoft's in there and IBM's in there and Apple's not, I don't get it. When it comes to revenue and per- pertinence and importance to our economy, um, I think it's much more reflective. So HP, don't get it. You know, uh, HP was brought in and they were kicked out. Like, There's just some bad decisions that go on to what gets into the Dow Jones Industrial Average and what doesn't. Apple's sitting right now at $105 a share, uh, all-time high. So to say that it's had a BOFO run it would be an understatement. Now, a couple days ago, it was at $93, uh, $96. You might remember that uh, there was a bit of a correction last week. And that correction was an opportunity to pick up shares of companies that you like. You're not going to sometimes. Sometimes it's going to be a bigger. Sometimes you're going to want a bigger correction, but you're not going to be able to get it. You have to stop playing that game of trying to, you know, get home runs. It's just a bad idea. Some manufacturing readings from China and Japan and eurozone surpass expectations. 3M, Caterpillar, Celgene, Comcast, General Motors, uh, NXP Semiconductor, United Continental, all better than expected earnings. Uh, above consensus. Weakness today is in consumer staples, utilities, and telcos, which are considered defensive, which means money is being poured into more aggressive areas, like consumer discretionary, things that you don't have to have. Energy, healthcare, financials, industrials, and tech. NBC, their results helped Comcast. Comcast's third quarter profit rose 50% as the cable giant benefited from a one-time income tax adjustment and a boost in earnings at its NBC Universal Entertainment arm. Several airlines are posting stronger than expected profits and expressed bullish sentiments for the fourth quarter based on falling fuel prices, strong holiday bookings, and essentially some discipline from within themselves. And also, you know, Ebola hasn't kind of run out of you know, it's kind of been contained as far as the craziness goes. For now, General Motors reported a 14% drop in its third quarter profit, but beat analyst expectations strengthened North America. 
Daimler, which is a German automaker, they reported a sharp increase in earnings on strong demand for its flagship S sedans and strong growth in Europe. Sears. Seems like I do this story every single month. Um, and when you say Sears, you got to say struggling Sears. Uh, they're going to close over 100 stores, some before Christmas, lay off 5,400 employees. Yay! Merry Christmas. You're fired. Next year, we're going to get this big switch into uh, some new technologies and credit cards. It's going to be fun to watch roll out. 3D printing. There's a question for you. Is it going to make it or not? We've heard, when we initially heard about it, we heard things like, yes, people are going to be able to make guns out of plastic and Everyone's going to have guns if they want one. It's a pretty cool process to watch. If you've never played around or seen 3D technology, just go to YouTube and Google 3D printer or YouTube 3D printer, whatever it is. Investors have been betting that, you know, the ability to make tangible objects. And there's this one woman who came up with the way that you can make your own makeup. And, of course, L'Oreal and all the big companies are like, hey, we'll, we'll hire you. We'll, we'll pay for that idea. And she's like, buzz off. She's like, this is about enabling, empowering people to like not use people like you. Which, when you hear stories like that, it's pretty amazing. My dentist showed me a video of uh, the 3D printer that he uses that basically, calling it a 3D printer, it's almost a disservice. But it's it's kind of like a miracle to watch. He can make a crown in his back office. Uh, he's got a little CAD program that like scans your mouth in 3D and you know get a picture here, get a picture there, 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 and next thing you know, it's off and running, making a, a tooth for you. With that said, is 3D printing dead? No, but it's a lot like the Wild Wild West. And the stocks get way ahead of themselves, and they fall really hard. So it's really volatile. It's not for mama. I'm Rob Black. And are you what you want to be? Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black.
on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, earnings, saving for retirement. Should you do it? Should you not do it? Who should you trust? Who should you not trust? One of the best things you can do is just educate yourself. Um, Start there. That's critically important. Learning that credit cards aren't bad. Uh, One of the conversations that I've had recently was with the woman who cuts my hair, and she's like, I don't use credit cards. I don't use debit cards. I'm like, really? And in my head, I'm like, you can't be that stupid. But anyone who knows she's listening right now, I'm sorry for saying that, but yes, yeah, you can. Um, credit cards are not a problem. It's not paying off your credit cards are the problem. And this may sound like a pain in the butt, but every two weeks I check online my credit, you know, cards and make sure that A, nothing bad has happened to them, and B, that I've paid on time. I like paying down credit um, every two weeks, and then on the other week, uh, so we're in two weeks, I'll pay down my credit cards. In two weeks, I'll pay off my credit cards. In two weeks, I'll pay down my credit cards. In two weeks, I'll pay off my credit cards. So credit cards aren't bad. It's it's people who carry balance that get into trouble. Um, insurance, you know, uh, insurance is one of those industries that there's commissions when the product's sold. It sets up for a long-term relationship. You're going to use car insurance probably until you stop driving. You need disability insurance as long as you're working. So it sets up these long relationships. And I'll be honest with you, there's some insurance products out there that are just bad. You don't need whole life. You don't need variable life. You need term life. Term for that period of time where you're working because you insure what you can't afford to lose, your ability to work and bring in income. And you insure that two ways. One, through disability insurance, your employer probably offers it. You should check. And the second through... Um, you know, life insurance, term life insurance. It's, again, you work in, from age 20 to 60. After 60, you probably don't need life insurance. You don't need whole life. You don't need life insurance that's tied towards the stock market, and you don't need any sort of guarantees. You need something to cover the cost of replacing the years of work that you would lose if you died between age 20 and 60. So when you're 20, you need 40 years of insurance. When you're 40, you need 20 years of insurance if you've done everything correctly. When you have a kid, you need 20 years of insurance because that covers from them from 0 to 18. And then hopefully they can go out and get a job. Or if you want to pay for their college, then you need, you know, uh, I call it $500,000 on each kid. $250,000 to raise them from 0 to 17. And $250,000 to send them to college, through college. Um, and that's working on future values, not current values. Uh just so you know. Just so you know. 800-516-1220. No more than 40% of your income should go to servicing your housing. If it is, then you're probably going to put yourself in a situation where you're A, not saving enough, B, run into an emergency where you're in a bind and you have to sell something to make ends meet. Um, I see way too many people overcommit to, you know, the cost of living in a home, whether you own it or rent it. Spending something I think you should always keep track of. 
I think you should have a reasonable budget that I start my budget with how much I want to save, and then I add in food, and then I add in shelter, then I add in other issues. But I start with how much I want to save because I don't want to fall behind in my savings. I want to budget for that. Um, best thing you probably do is max out your 401k, your 403b, or your 457 if you work for a corporation. You're probably offered one of those three products. Um, you know, $100 here or there, it's not enough. You need to do 10 to 15% of your salary, minimum. Um, I love the years where I max out my 401k, and I wasn't always able to do that. In my 20s, I certainly wasn't. Um, I love those years because I'm like, woohoo, I did good year saving. It's funny, as you get older, you're like, I can only save 70500 in my 401k. I wish I could save more. And then you have to like find outside products to invest in, things along those lines. So stop using debit cards. Use credit cards. Um, I removed my debit card from my lifestyle. I have it in case of an emergency. Like I need to go, my debit card is my ATM card. Um, but... I, I don't use it in any transactions, any. So, um, other things to consider. In investing, it's sometimes it's about trying to play the game versus trying to be right. I know you want it the other way, because you're smart. But the market's not. Um, have you ever dated someone, a male or a female, that is just irrational? The more you try to predict things, the, the less it makes sense. Um, I dated a woman who was just an amazing human being, an amazing human being. But when it came time to like having conversations about saving, couldn't process it. When it came time to like stop buying toys and gadgets, couldn't process it. Um, what, anything about the future, she couldn't do because her dad couldn't do that. And she lived very much so like her father. Um, so be aware of that. Note that. You know, um, The stock market's the same way. Lovely to be around, but sometimes it doesn't make sense about the future. You know, Two weeks ago, we were in freefall mode. Two weeks later, we're in like, woohoo, all-time highs, all-time highs, all-time highs. Um, and I know that phrase, all-time high, has different meaning for different people in the state of California, depending on how much weed you smoke. Um, I know, right? Thank you. I'll be here all day. Um, Yelp, kind of getting a little stomped on today. That's a stock that's uh, underperforming, to say the least, of the afternoon. But, you know, Yelp is one of those companies that you look at on two-year, three-year, five-year basis. You don't look at it on one two-year basis or one or two-month basis. Um, too short. I was mentioning earlier that, like, I still go to open table first to find a reservation for a, a restaurant. But I've got friends who pull out, and they're younger than me, and they'll pull out their phone and, you know, jump on Yelp or Groupon to find food. And I'm like, Really? That's so not me. Um, but I get it. Holiday airfares are rising in record airline profits. The average airfare is up 17% this year, $467 for Thanksgiving. Wow. Book early, right? That ain't cheap. 
Southwest sees record profit in the third quarter. Good for them. You know, they're the little engine that can, so to speak. Uh, $329 million of profit. Yelp had a good revenue, but, you know, the quarterly revenue jumped 67% to $102 million, higher than the expected $99 million. Earnings came in at $0.05, cents, well ahead of $0.02 cents expected. But their guidance going forward was a little bit on the light side. And it's worthy of note because Wall Street very much so works with, what have you done for me lately? Not what have you done for me lately, but what are you going to do for me now? What are you going to do for me in the future? Under Armour is forecasting slower growth. Their lowest rate since 2009. They think revenue will increase 22% this year. Poor man's Nike. Not a bad place to be. You can find me online at Rob Black Show or robblack.com. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.